0: It man, we're live three, two, one. Welcome to the Risen Fallen podcast. I'm your host, Mark hendrickson Uh, if you're brand new to this podcast, you can expect to hear open and authentic conversations about things like mental health and self development. We're kind of just talking about that. Um, please welcome John. Uh, is it Autier? A- uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh,
1: I usually just say Autier because yeah. you know, I'm from the States, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know up here it's probably pronounced Autier,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how I would guess it, but um. Yeah, welcome to the show, man. Uh, welcome to Canada. Dude, actually, yeah, we should start off by saying that. Like, dude flew up from California yesterday, literally yesterday, and then I just scooped him up from his hotel. We brought him here. Uh, we're going to have some dinner tonight. But uh, why don't you just kind of give everyone, like, kind of an introduction, like, kind of introduce yourself, tell people who you are, what you're all about, and we'll just chat from there. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, my name is John from
1: Los Angeles, California. Um, I am a. <clears throat> personal trainer fitness coach online coach uh, me and my wife both do that um, very big on you know mental health um, you know big on sobriety and personal development um, which is what attracted me to you know the, the podcast so yeah thanks for having me man Canada's been great so far <laughs> um, it's, it's yeah it's been fun so far you don't
0: have to say that <laughs> no no it's, it's been good man everyone uh, has been giving us a good experience that's wicked, man. And you actually, it's funny because most of the time when people reach out to me and ask to be on the podcast, I usually like ignore it or just like kind of like, yeah. I, I'm like, man, I don't really, it feels like, uh, I don't know. I feel like everyone that kind of approaches me and this is kind of maybe just like an ego thing. I'm like, man, let me ask you, but I, when you, you reached out to me and you actually emailed me as well. So I was like, Yo, when you, you when you, I read your email and I was like, this this guy sounds legit. Like I actually like I if I looked you up on Instagram, I followed you. I'm like, yo, this guy seems legit, man. But like, what made you want to kind of reach out and kind of speak? Because you said you haven't even been on a podcast before. So like, what made you interested in kind of being on a show? Um, well, I've always thought about you know starting my own my own show, um, and I started
1: working with uh, Wes Watson, um, and he. Made a suggestion to send my bio out, you know, to some some podcasts that would fit, you know, my uh, my message, um, and I saw, I think, uh, I think his name's Calvin was up, on the show, yeah, yeah, and I follow him, um, which is how I found your show, and then I was like, you know what, this one, you know, seems like a match, so I oh, go yeah. and send it out.
0: Dude, one day I'm gonna have Wes Watson on this podcast because you're the, <laughs> you're literally, you're the third guy now that's been on this show that that works with Wes Watson, and one day you'll be on the show, Wes, <laughs> but. Yeah, dude, I've followed him for years, actually. Wes Watson, one of my, like a a couple years ago, I think it must have been like 2018, one of my buddies showed me Wes Watson and was like showing me him as a joke. Like he's like, man, look how ridiculous this guy is. It was like right when he started popping off on YouTube, when he did like his GP stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, look how ridiculous this guy is. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, haha. Except he's legit. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah no, it's nuts, like, man. Like he
1: was making it work from from prison. You yeah, know? like there's no excuse not to get shit
0: done. Yeah, I it was so funny though because my buddy's like showing me like as if it's a joke, and I'm like, yo, I actually love this guy's content. <laughs> I've shown, I've, I've even shown Teddy like on a, a couple of road trips that we did. I downloaded some of his YouTube stuff, and I'm like, yo, just listen to the message. Like legitimately listen to the message. Put aside like the way he speaks and just listen to the message. And she's like. I really like his content. It's crazy because he
1: sounds so intellectual, but like street at the same time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy listening to him. It's, uh, it actually makes me think. I, have to, I actually have to really think about what he's
0: saying. Yeah, yeah. So when did you um, kind of start like what you would consider like kind of your self-development fitness journey? Like how did that kind of all start for you? Uh,
1: personal development, yeah, that, that probably started in like 2016 or 17. I uh, came across Gary Vee you know, started listening to his stuff. Um I became a first form legionnaire, so I got a, uh, connected with Andy in and his podcast. And then uh it just started to go from there, but it got really serious um, but then about this past year. Uh, ever since I got sober, you know, I just like uh, kind of like started to practice what I, what I've been learning instead of just
0: absorbing
1: absorbing the information, I started to actually apply it.
0: Yeah. So you were kind of absorbing it for a couple of years. Like I got a pretty similar story that way as well. Actually, 2016 was when I started. I was like literally the year that I read my first book. I lived my whole life by not reading books. I was like, man, I'm not good at reading. Fuck that. And I just never read books. And then I had a job where I was like a general manager at a gym. And I just I I knew I was going to quit. I gave like a month's notice. It ended up being like a month and a half. I stayed longer, but I gave them like, I think, six weeks notice. And uh, I was, like, at the end of so-and-so month, I'm going to be I'm gonna be out of here. I'm going to try my own thing. And so, like, a lot of the time um, was spent just sitting in my office. And I was just, like, fuck, I'm going to try and use this time productively. And I started reading because I was just, like, I want a salary. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to read in my office. That was, like, 2016 was, like, the first time I read a book.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I read a full book at all throughout going, like, through school and everything, you know? Um, and then yeah, like once well, once i I got really serious and started to really see the value in a lot of these books, you know now I see' now I get excited you know to buy a new book,
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm the exact same man i uh we have like a, you guys got chapters indigo, do you guys have that no it's like no. a bookstore, okay we got like a i got like a chapters membership pl- like they call it like a plum card and i'm like man i'm going to use the shit out yeah. of this book i get yeah, discounts on books and stuff now it's like uh that's one of the main things i spend my money on like as you can see like there's kind of books all over the place here and like 90% of them are just like self-development books whether they relate to like business fitness uh like money debt any, anything along those lines there's very few i'm just branching out to reading novels now I don't know what kind like do you just read like a lot of self-development stuff? yeah yeah that's mainly it. something that i can uh you
1: know use and apply you know um the only you know i've read i have some comics and stuff you know some like not just like individual but like the books you Mm -hmm. know stuff like that uh but not too many
0: i'm the exact same like uh my grandma gave me a novel to read and i was like man uh, maybe i'll give her a book to read as well and i'm like looking through i'm I don't think grandma's really into reading about, like, fucking fitness <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and money. So I was, like, struggling to give her something to read, but that's sick, man. So, like, with... Because uh, we were literally just talking right before we recorded about um, kind of, like, sobriety and recovery. Like, what made you want to kind of get sober? Like, did you have, like, kind of a... You know, a lot of people talk about uh, having, like, their rock bottoms or, like, a, a downward path that they were following. Did you have something like that? or? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it was about...
1: I want to say almost two years of, like, almost daily drinking. Um, And then the last, like, two months got really, really bad. Um, You know, my my marriage was about to end. Uh, So um, I was, like, hiding it basically for two years, like trying to sneak it around, you know. Um, And then, you know, she finally, my wife finally found out. You know, she hit the fan. And it was either that or, you know, be on my own. So, you know, I, I had no choice,
0: but... I, I had been wanting to get sober
1: for a long time. I just couldn't commit, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So, like, when, um, you know, like, a lot of people go towards recovery, like, even in my path, like, uh, I had a lot of friends that were already kind of in NA, like, uh, my group of friends, uh, like, half of us were like, all right, we need to sober up. Like, there's a lot of us fucking our lives up. We had a lot of, like, a couple of buddies, like, pass away. A lot of people were getting hospitalized. Uh, a lot of people were going into like shit tons of debt and then a lot of people were just like, yo, fuck it, you guys can't handle your stuff. We're going to keep partying. So like we kind of split in half. Like, uh, I had like a, a few buddies of mine that were already going to NA meetings and like a couple of them were taking like one year or two years sober. So it was natural for me to kind of gravitate towards, you know, starting to go to meetings, starting a 12 step program and then, uh, that's kind of how I started my recovery journey. But you were saying that you kind of just did everything on your own, which, um, I think is actually really sick. Like that's kind of the way I'm going about it now as well. Like I stopped going to meetings after a few months, sorry guys, but, uh, <laughs> but like how, how did you kind of go about like recovery for yourself? Uh, so th- my
1: wife and, and my aunt, they wanted to put me in rehab, but you know, I, I kept telling them I kn- that I knew I could do this, you know, like I knew I had the discipline. Um, so I kind of had to remind myself, um, about how disciplined I could be. Uh, like, yeah, I've done bodybuilding competitions and and powerlifting competitions. So I know that if I really committed to something, you know, I could stick with it. Um, so it's just about really believing myself and making that full commitment, getting through those first couple of weeks when you're going through withdrawals, (laughs) you know? Um, and then after that, it was easy, you know? Um, because you feel, you feel amazing. You, You start to remember what your normal feels like. You know, mm-hmm.
0: and so like, um, was it like weird for you? Like, did you have to change up like a lot of things in your life? Like, do were you like because you said you were drinking alone a lot of the time? Was it like kind of in in your social circles? Was it like kind of normalized where like everyone was just drinking all the time? Or um, you know, it was usually by myself
1: because um, like I said, I would hide it. You know, I'd sneak it around. So uh, yeah, I just stayed busy. I did. I started seventy five hard. You know, and and that helped also, you know, so I was I was busy all day, you know, plus I was uh, taking care of the kids. Um, So, yeah, the main thing was staying busy, uh, trying to break the habit. So learning on learning what triggered the cravings, you know, and and avoiding those or replacing them. Um, That was the main thing.
0: Yeah. And then in the last couple, like in the last, like maybe year or so, or maybe two years, like I noticed that you've got kind of like your online business going as well. Do you train people in person or just online?
1: Uh, I train in in person also. We like our family room is half a gym. (laughs) So yeah, we both train out of our home.
0: That's sick, man. And so how has your business changed? Like has has that been affected at all?
1: Uh, I mean, every little, literally every aspect of my life has, has improved um, my relationship, my business. Um, and the funny thing is I always knew that once I could give up the alcohol, that my life was just gonna like take off. It was just gonna rapidly improve. And and it did, you know, um, shit, I'm even here right now, you know, like, like it's just, it, all the good things in my life have come after sobriety.
0: Yeah. Were you training people before?
1: Yeah, I was, you know, and a lot of times, uh, again, I wasn't even, um, I was under the influence, you know, like, like while, while training, Uh, because I I started to feel like I needed it to socialize I needed it to get things done. Um, But yeah, like I said, I just had to break the habit and then prove to myself that I am still that person, whether I'm sober or not, you know, like the person that I thought alcohol made me, like I thought it made me better in certain ways that that person was still me, you know, even without the alcohol.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's uh that's so relatable as well because like um I I've always been like uh big fan of like I said like I I definitely have my bouts with alcohol because I'm just one of those people I didn't drink like every day. I wasn't like a regular drinker. Um but anytime I did drink, it was like to blackout. Like that was just the way I, every, everything in my life is just like zero to a hundred. Like, that's just the way I operate. I'm very like extreme (laughs) that way. But, uh, for me, like a lot of the, the issues I dealt with, with addiction were a lot of behavioral addictions. And then, um, a lot of it was like just to drugs. Like I wasn't even like, I wouldn't even need, like I used to joke, like part of my identity when I'd go to parties is like, oh no, no alcohol, like just drugs for me. Like that's like, (laughs) that was like part of who I was. And, like, it was, like, obviously from party drugs to just, like, the daily weed smoking, like, all day, every day. Like, when I met my girlfriend, it was, like, I was smoking, like, minimum 10 joints a day, like, bong beside my bed. It was the first thing I did in the morning, first thing I – or, like, last thing I would do before I went to bed. And it became, like, a part of my identity. Like, I was, like, the guy – like, even throughout all my friend group, like, I was the guy that was just, like, always high. And, like, it would be almost like a – like – for me like it felt like a flex because like i'd still be training like minimum two hours a day i was working like 10 hours a day and it was like look like i'm doing all this getting up at four o'clock in the morning and i'm high the entire time like i had like this like goofy little laugh like that was like part of my identity was like i can do all this stuff and still use drugs all day every day and um it when i first sobered up i was like just uh like uh all my emotions kind of hit me all at once and a lot of my emotions manifested as like anger and I didn't know how to be like kind of happy or cheery or like playful and funny without like smoking weed or doing any drugs like it, it was like really confusing for me because I was like I feel like it's part of my personality like, yeah you no, know what I mean? yeah no I get a hundred percent you know
1: and the funny thing is your mind will keep justifying you uh, to, to continue it, you know, like the fact that you were able to get all those things done while still being high, like your mind just can tell you it's okay to do it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, there, there, there's still like conversations I have in my own head where it's like, maybe this will help me unwind. Maybe this will help me relax. Maybe I could do more.
1: I I try to explain that to my wife and she thinks I'm crazy when I, when I tell her that there's like a voice, there's always a voice trying to convince you. You know that it's okay you know and she thinks i'm crazy but <laughs> i like i know people that you know are also addicts you know they, they get what i'm saying you know um and it's always about trying to uh have evidence to back up uh you know like you've done 75 hard so you know there's the bitch voice yeah, right? yeah, yeah. and then there's the boss voice so you need to have enough evidence for the boss voice to to win you break know?
0: that down for people that haven't done 75 hard before like what, what so kind
1: of- Yeah, so the bitch voice is the voice that tries to go the easy route, the comfortable route, and uh, give you the instant gratification. So whether it's uh, trying to get up early to go work out, um, you'll have the bitch voice telling you to sleep in, you know, to snooze, uh, that you'll do it later, something like that. And then there's always the other voice that's telling you the correct thing to do, the thing that you need the most. So it's learning how to identify the bitch voice and choose the boss voice more.
0: Yeah. Yeah and man that can be manifested in so many different ways like i literally last night so it was like i think like nine o'clock i was like kind of because um you know teddy was at her parents place she was helping her sister out with the baby all week and i knew she was coming home today so i was like okay i gotta take care of a lot of the chores like i gotta do all the dishes in the sink empty out the dishwasher you know clean our bed sheets do all the laundry wash all the towels like i had this big list of shit that i had to take care of and then like I have my non-negotiables for every single day as well. So like obviously workout, meal prep, like make sure I have meals for the next day. And then some of the two, th- like two of the other things that I do are read and journal every single day. Like I just can't compromise on that. And I remember writing last night in my journal, like right before I go to bed, it's like 9.45, 10ish, which is late for me. Cause I'm up at like four, between four and five every day. And so I'm like telling myself in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be journaling tomorrow morning when I wake up. Like it's less than eight hours away. Like that's just going to be the first thing I do anyways. Like, do I really need to journal right now? And the first thing I write down in my journal is like, I was trying to tell myself that I'm going to do this tomorrow, but I do that too much in my life. Like I just need to sit down and journal about this right now. Like, even though that's such a small little minute thing, just like writing in a journal of just like how your day went, It was like, I I was just like trying to convince myself, like, yo, I'm gonna be journaling in like six hours from now. Do I really need to do this now before I go to bed? And then all the little voices in my head start coming like, you know, it might be better just to go to bed earlier. It might be better to just like relax and kick back, like get the rest that you need. And I was like, no, because I can't allow myself to break these habits of things that are actually going to be beneficial for me and compromise and then the thing i wrote this morning was you know the answer isn't to do less like it's just so that i should have been more disciplined before this i should have been more disciplined yesterday so i could have gone to bed earlier yeah like like, it's like i put myself in a bad position and then made an excuse for it was going to compromise for it and it's like no the answer isn't do less like it's like do whatever you said you were going to do and be disciplined enough so that you're not like backed up. You're not like, Oh fuck, I need to go to bed. I need to do this. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah.
1: And, and it's that the moment you, you compromise once the second compromise is going to come. And then the third, it just gets easier and easier to make those compromises, you know? So it's avoiding that first one. Yeah. Uh, that, that's so important. You know, um, that, that's one thing I talk a lot about with, with my clients, especially the ones that are, are trying to, you know, quit alcohol, um, is you can't compromise because the moment you do it once, there's that going to be that voice trying to justify the second one and the third and so on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's, um, like what's, so when someone like comes and, and they kind of start like a program with you, I'm assuming they you work with them with nutrition, you probably work with them with their workouts, obviously. Um, I like, what other things do you work with, with them? Uh, we focus a lot on
1: just, uh, the mentality, you know, um, not everyone's open to it, but I push, you know, personal development a lot. Very similar to 75 hard, you know, but I don't make everyone do, <laughs> like, the 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 six tasks or whatever every day. Um, but same idea as far as being uh, disciplined and staying consistent, you know, on a daily basis. Um, but, yeah, th- that's it, you know, workouts, uh, tracking your macros and calories, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then a lot of the mentality stuff, you know. And then there there are a few people that have come to me uh, trying to get sober. Um, so having someone there to talk about, you know, that, that stuff, because it's still a weird subject for a lot of people, you know, it's kind of a weird thing where if you're sober, it's like, there's something wrong, but you know, like, uh, because alcohol is so widely, uh, accepted, you know, and pushed, uh, upon everyone. So yeah, it's hard for people to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I always, uh, I, I, uh, some of the things I've been asking recently to people as well is like, do you think that there's like a a reason why alcohol and like, even like BC, you're from California, I'd say the cultures are pretty similar in this way. Like weed is definitely like something that's normalized, stigmatized, like to, well, I wouldn't say stigmatized, it's normalized and it's like pushed. Like there's like a cannabis place you can buy weed every fucking corner. Yeah. Like it's like weed and booze are pretty much the easiest things. Like I'd say it's almost easier. Yeah. The liquor store is closer than the grocery store. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and that's why, that's what makes it so hard to avoid. Right. Like anytime you go out with some friends, you know, you're going to be surrounded by alcohol, you know, uh, at every single grocery store, every, you know, convenience store, they have it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, as Andy says, you know, I think that's by design to make weak men. You know weak men are easier to control, you know. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. yeah, I love that. we're we're pretty pretty aligned that way with that um that mindset and mentality. I think uh, one of the best things that Andy says all the time is like personal development is the ultimate rebellion. Oh definitely. Like I was talking about that the other day because uh, i I have a mental health group where we we either meet up or we do a zoom call every single Sunday. So, like, a lot of us, like, we'll even, like, I, I've started bringing people, like, that uh, are looking for more community. I'm like, come to church with us. Like, I go to church every Sunday morning. And then, like, we'll just go and grab coffees after. We'll go for a hike after. And we're in a coffee shop last week. And, you know, a lot of us are kind of, like, tinfoil hatters. And we're sitting around, <laughs> like, obviously, um, we're sitting around. We're talking about all these different things in, in uh, that are going on in the world. And I was like, guys, I don't know, like, if you listen to this podcast, but I was telling them to listen to Andy Frizzola's podcast. And I'm like, you guys have to understand, like, this is why I'm so passionate about, like, getting your money up, getting your fitness better, getting healthier, getting stronger, getting more independent. Because, like, if you hate all the stuff that's going on in the world, this is your way out. Like, that's the only way out. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, I agree, man. I I feel... I knew this was going to be such a good match because even just like on the car ride over here, man, like I, I, we see the world pretty much the same, you know? Um, and it's probably because like you said, uh, this BC is a lot like California. So we, we experience the same crap that's going on, you know?
0: Yeah. How, how has it been? Cause if you live your whole life in California?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay. Uh, what, what do you mean? Pretty much.
1: Uh, so when I was, well, <laughs> when I was a kid, my dad moved us to Texas, uh, from so one, you got
0: a taste of the good life
1: i was i was w- from age one to five. Oh, okay. um so his idea was he he did hvac yeah so his idea was uh that it's really hot in texas so there must be a lot of work you know but again he had his own alcohol issues like that didn't work out mm. <laughs> we ended up having to move back okay okay so i was born born in california
0: but yeah, and raise their most of your life. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, how like has that been a struggle for you in the in the past? Like, obviously, a few years. There's been a lot of things that we could dive into, uh, in regards to that. But like, has uh, have you found like yourself frustrated with kind of the current, uh, I guess. I hate the word climate, but I'll use that word, but, like, the current climate in... Uh, and I'm not talking about the weather when I say that, but, like, in just how California's been, because I feel like a lot of the things we were talking about on the drive here is, like, very similar to how Canada's been. Like, our whole country is basically treated the last few years the same way California did, and I know I've thought about kind of... Uh, my frustrations uh but like how how has that impacted you and your family have you guys considered other options are you like i'm staying here no matter what no i mean we, we've talked about moving to uh to a different state uh but
1: my wife's family you know is, is in california and you know my my kids they are really close with their grandparents so it would be too hard uh but yeah it, it's frustrating you know like a lot of times i'm just thinking what how does not everyone how does not everyone see the same what 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 we're saying sorry that i butchered that but you, you get what i'm saying like there's homeless people like everywhere mm-hmm. um prices for everything are through the roof like um we have like an egg shortage right now where like eggs are like six bucks you know where <laughs> yeah it's, it's insane everything is just way overpriced um and i don't know how people keep electing the same you know the same leaders when, yeah
0: it's so weird too because uh for you guys like i feel like governors have a lot more power than like our premiers do uh it's so funny to see like from because like we're a lot of our power is national like it's a it's a lot of our power is like federalized whereas like you guys are kind of handled state by state so it's so funny to watch like for us up north to watch the states where uh each state is handling things completely differently and you're seeing like how Florida handles things is obviously polar opposite to how yeah, California, or the but um, there's like weird, yeah, so much weird shit going on in the news <laughs> right now, dude. I've not seen a lot of that stuff with like egg shortages and, the, and what's going on with the chickens. Like, what, um, what the fuck is that all about, man? Like, do you like, uh, you what's know, the I, news saying? And then what's actually happening? Tell us. We got the, the. There's been like a lot of fires at like farms and everything that
1: have been killing, you know, a bunch of chickens uh the conspiracy theorist or th- theory uh is that again they're like bill gates is like trying to he, he i guess he bought up like a bunch of farmland
0: yeah he owns like 70 yeah. percent of the farmland in yeah America's so history.
1: it's it's more like again the conspiracy theory is that it's related to that they're trying to push like the artificial meat stuff like that um, yeah, I don't know. I have th- this last year I've kind of like stayed away from that, that stuff just cause I said, um, it takes a lot of energy, you know, okay. and it's a, a whole lot of energy and, and frustration, you know, uh, reading about all that stuff.
0: Oh dude. Yeah. We, we don't have to dive too much into it. It's funny though. Cause I literally just saw an ad this morning that, uh, McDonald's here in Canada Next week they'll be launching their plant-based chicken nuggets, and I was just like, "Man, what the fuck?" Yeah,
1: dude? hey, I mean, again, Andy Frisella says he's gonna have us all eating. They're gonna have us all eating crickets. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, fuck. I uh, I'm gonna try and stay away from that as much as I possibly can, dude. I got uh, a lot of beef and chicken in my fridge. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now, man. Fuck that. I do not want to be eating bugs. Yeah, it's so weird, man. Because uh, I I feel probably similar to how your girl does as well, because. Teddy and I had, were talking about kind of, like, we had friends move in Alberta, which is basically the Texas of Canada. Uh, they're just next door to us, and then uh, she's dual citizen, so we had the option. We were thinking about, oh, maybe we should go down south. Like, we could find somewhere, be- like, that's handling things differently than it is here in Canada. Because a lot of things that, like, aside from, like, the restrictions that we had over the last few years, like, there's a bunch of... Um, man, we pay stupid amounts of tax on everything, like everything, like from income tax to like, we've gotten like a new, I don't know if you guys have something like equivalent to this, but like carbon tax is now like plaguing our, our, our country. No, I'm, not, I'm sure
1: I'm, I should start checking all my receipts because I'm pretty sure I'll see something like that on there. Well,
0: we get, we get like a carbon tax on everything. So like when we, like all of our heating is like natural gas uh, so on our natural gas bill, there's a carbon tax on that because it's, like, contributing to climate change uh, yeah, now. Yeah. So, like, our electricity and our heating is, like, we get taxed on that. Like, our fuel is through the roof. Like, everything's just, like, super expensive. Uh, and it's just getting worse and worse. And, like, wages, I mean, I've gotten a few raises in the last few years. Like, I'm definitely making more money now. But there was this, like, debate over the last couple of years constantly where we're like, should we just move? Like this is getting fucked. And um, I felt kind of like I had this, like obviously I I milled over it like for days and weeks and months and years, like literally since probably 2019, I've been like constantly in debate with myself. But um, I went through this kind of path of thoughts, like this pattern of thoughts where I was like, what's my end goal? you know for me my end goal is to have you know enough money that i can feel free enough to spend my time how i like it i like working so i don't mind doing that i like my job um but the end goal is to spend time with my family like that's what my end all be all is to be able to hang out with my family with my sisters with my parents with my grandma while she's still around and um You know, even if I were to move elsewhere and make a lot more money and be able to save a lot more money with lower taxes and, you know, buy a house, like my end goal is to have a place and have my kids be around my parents. And if I were to move away, like I'd be like, okay, I'd get everything except the family part, which seems to be the end goal. Yeah. So it's like this constant debate in my head. And the entire time it kind of just has been leading me more towards like, well, I'm already close to my family. Why would I leave? You know, like it's like a constant kind of mental battle. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Definitely. <laughs> Did do, do, do you guys like uh is that kind of how the debate goes with you guys as well? Uh I mean, yeah, we I
1: I'm not I'm not too close with my family. Um just the way I grew up, you mm-hmm. know. Um but again, my wife is is extremely close to hers. Uh so that that's the main thing like our end goal is is to own our own gym one day you know pass that down to our kids um but yeah i I just still don't know if i want to do that in california you know like in a perfect world i just move everyone (laughs) move everyone out to texas
0: or something you know move the girls family as well yeah yeah you're like come come there's better places yeah that's sick, man. I feel like the states. There's a lot more opportunity, just because I feel like um, each state is so culturally different. But it's still like some unifying, like by like the federal uh, level. Like it's still like okay, we can go there. There's still like a similar tax system. There's still like the same currency. Like it's the same country. Yeah. But each state is so diverse. It's so different. Whereas like here, I feel like. Um, it's not really the same no, I, oh okay,
1: yeah yeah, you're definitely right, you know, um yeah, you can get polar opposite uh in in the states, you know, as far as viewpoints and and just like style of living
0: you yeah know? even even within the states, yeah yeah like even within way. like where California is like northern cali is so different than like where l a is in southern California like it's it's so different. That was one of the things that, like, astonished me because, I, like I was saying earlier, like, I've driven up and down the West Coast. Um, so I've been, like, all over. And, like, you drive, like, a couple hours, and you're like, am I in a different fucking place? Like, what the f-? <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: pretty trippy because, um, again, L.A. is full of, you know, cities and buildings and stuff. And you can literally drive, like, two miles and be up in the mountains, you know, and it's it,
0: – people have farms and, and horses, you know. Dude. Like, Uh, So I went to this place. um, I had this weird morbid story. Like my grandparents used to go down to uh, Nevada every like six months. They'd just go down there and vacation there. And uh, my grandpa ended up dying there. And so I flew down to go get his car. And my grandma's down there and she doesn't drive. And so we're down there. It was like right on the border of uh, like Nevada, Arizona, California. Like it was a place called Laughlin, Nevada. And um, so we spent like a little bit of time there because it's a lot harder to import a body back to Canada than you'd think. Oh <laughs> um, So we were spending time down there trying to figure out like the logistics of everything. and we're like, well, let's just like fucking drive around and explore while we're killing time. And I went to this place is like right on the border. It was in Arizona. And like we went from like this place in Nevada, which is like all casino, all like kind of, uh, you know, like kind of a touristy place. And then we drive into Arizona and we went to this fucking little, it literally seemed like a village where there's like literally more donkeys than humans. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the weirdest fucking place. We go to like the general store and it's like, oh yeah, they close in an hour and it's like one in the afternoon and I'm like, why do they close at 2 o'clock? He's like, oh, because I'm actually the fire chief as well. <laughs> Man, where the fuck am I? Like, it's like, literally instantly in the Wild West? Like, what yeah. the fuck? No, it's, it, it's
1: weird to think of, uh, like, growing up in a town where you know, like, literally everyone there. You, like, you know, like, again, growing up in L.A., I don't even know my neighbors, you know? Uh, but, like, towns like that where growing up, you know literally every single person, you know? I feel like that would be so odd
0: hmm <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird because vancouver is like uh I, I like we're not as big as uh la obviously like the state of california has the same population as our whole country so oh, it's, damn. yeah yeah like legitimately and uh so like we're not nearly as big of a city I, th- I don't even know how many million probably like 10 million people live in vancouver that's just my rough estimate someone can fact check me on that but um yeah, it's weird because for some reason, it's still small enough that, like, Teddy gets mad. Like, every time we go out somewhere, she's like, how do you know someone everywhere we go? Like, <laughs> it's fucking, it's, it's funny, man. It's such a weird place that way. But um, when you, um, when did you, like, um, start getting, because you, obviously you've been training people for how long? Like, two, three? Uh, no, I've been a trainer since 2010. Oh, damn. Yeah, so I'm, I'm
1: 31. Oh really? Uh, yeah. How old Shit, are you? dude, you yeah. don't look it. I'm 27. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I figured I, I might be a couple years older than you, but yeah, I got I pretty much became a trainer right out of high school. So,
0: so what what made you gravitate towards that as a job? Oh, uh, man.
1: Um, so I, I played sports in high school. Um, you know, football, baseball. Uh, started hitting the weight room and stuff. So I, I was extremely like shy and and. Um, I had zero self-confidence. Um, so, and, and that comes from my childhood, you know, um, I had been dealing with like depression and anxiety since I was a kid and, and didn't realize it, you know, in the gym, you know, it gave me confidence. It gave me something that, you know, I was kind of good at. It was like my therapy without even knowing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was like, man, I'm, I, I, I enjoy this stuff, you know, and trainers make decent money. So,
0: uh, yeah, I got certified and, you know, got hired at a gym. Oh yeah. We're just So you did work on like the kind of like, I, w- I would call it like the commercial fitness side, like you kind of work in like a big box gym?
1: Yeah, I did that for about eight years. Um, and then it was just, uh, th- those gyms treat their trainers like, like pawns, you know, like they're mm-hmm. expendable. So I was like, man, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So uh, yeah, I just went private and it, it brought back the joy of training. You know, not focused on numbers and sales, you know, but actually helping people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I worked in a gym that's probably pretty similar to what you were working in. Like, um, they actually went bankrupt during the pandemic, so they're not a company anymore. But it was called Steve Nash, like, Fitness World. But a lot of our, like, the president, the VP of sales, like, everybody was from, uh, I believe it was L.A. Fitness. Oh, yeah. Or maybe 20. No, I think it was L.A. Fitness. And a lot of our models in terms of, like, how we ran the company were brought up from there. I, like, I, uh, I talked to somebody um, that worked at uh, UFC Gym in Hawaii. Shout out to Josh. Uh, he was on the podcast. And we literally had identical models of how the business ran in terms of, like, how, like, I, I worked on the sales side for the memberships. But it was like, how many calls you had to make a day, how many appointments you had to make? how many like enrollments you were expected to make throughout the throughout the day, throughout the month, like what your expectations were? Like they used the same acronyms. Like everything was the exact same. And it was like, at the end of the day, like it was it was very frustrating. my one of my dreams has always been to open up like a facility, but th- working there was like one of the most frustrating things because I was like, I know that they preach like this, this ideology of like wanting to help more people get involved in fitness and they, they have like kind of their ways of how they sell it that make them feel good about what they do. But we all know that it's just like treating people as numbers. Like it felt so fucking backwards. Um, was it difficult for you to kind of transition into going private?
1: Uh, no, I actually brought a lot of clients with me. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't too difficult. Uh, like it, even like during the pandemic, you know, I was training people at the park, you know, w- w- with some some weights and a TRX, you know, like like getting it done that way. Uh, and then like I said, we bought our house and we converted part of it into a, a little gym. Um, and then yeah, like I said, the the goal is to open up our own facility. Um, have you heard of self-made training facility? No. So uh, it's a it's it, that's it's a training facility. So it's not like a gym, um, but it's a basically they rent out space to trainers so there's no memberships um like no sales anything like that mm-hmm. so planning on franchising one of those um that that way we could focus on giving the trainers the best uh, the best tools you know to train their clients instead of focusing on just signing up members you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so th- that's that's the dream that's the goal right
0: there okay And were you, like, did you have, like, kind of, like, a fear at all of, like, uh, okay, shit, I'm not going to have, like, job security or anything like that? Was there ever that fear at all going private?
1: Um, No. So I I had another full-time job while I was doing the private training. So it was more like a part-time thing as far as the training goes. Um, Except now, you know, I'm making enough to do it full-time. But, yeah, I had another job. I did uh, work as an ATM technician for a little bit. Um, so that was, you know, where I got my, my insurance, health insurance and all that stuff. Uh, but then, yeah, I left that, actually got fired. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I left that. And then, um, I actually still have a full-time job. I help adults with disabilities find employment. So I'm like a supervisor for that, but probably going to be leaving that soon, uh, just to focus fully on
0: the main goal. That's sick. Do you, do you find like, um, people because like, I always feel like there's, like, this weird in-between space of, like, should I be working a full-time job Will I chase my dream? Should I quit everything and put all my chips on this? Like, I, I like that you kind of have the same, it seems like, ideology that I have, like, with uh, my podcast, my mental health group, and, like, this thing um, going where I do have, like, a, a full-time job. Like, I, I work in construction. I'm a carpenter. So, like, my all my days are spent uh, working in construction and then coming home and grinding, working on the podcast, whether I'm filming or editing or trying to work on marketing or whatever it could be. Do you feel like, um, you know, there's like a, a stigma around that, or do you feel like there's kind of, cause we, f- I feel like we're in like this weird generation of like, like fake hustlers or entrepreneurial where like people feel like they're above working for someone else. Do you know what I'm trying to get yeah at yeah no, I get what you're
1: saying um yeah, I've had the same thoughts of you know whether or not i should you know should have left my other job sooner and everything you know the whole what's the saying you know burn the ships um what's do that you, do you know like the uh the saying about burning the ships no uh i i'm I can't remember it completely, but you know it's a t- there's a story about um people invading an island and they said the best way to inv- to win when you're invading the island is to burn your ships. Okay. 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 I mean like, like, yeah. So like there's no, you have no other option, Mm. you know? Um, so I've had that thought a lot, you know, like, should I just quit and make, make this happen from having pressure on me, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you do have bills and, and responsibilities, so you got to do what you got to do. But, um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't see anything
0: wrong with, with, you know, our approach (laughs) Mm -hmm. i just i feel like a lot of people have this like weird it's almost like an entitlement of like um they're above working to make money like they're like oh i'm not going to take that job because i won't work for that pay or i won't work for someone else like i need to have my freedom like it's like this weird like uh uh, like like i said i view it almost as like an entitlement but from my perspective and i feel like you'll probably relate where it's like if you really want to Excuse me. Chase your dream, or uh, do anything big like that. You kind of have to be able to make sure that all of your um, all of your essentials are taken care of. Because I feel like, especially with uh, well, maybe it's different because I run a podcast, but uh, I feel like for me to be, you know, in a creative mindset and to feel like I can be like free and open with the way I express myself, or be, you know, um, as carefree as I am with it. Like I need to know oh, all my shit's taken care of, you know, like, I can pay my bills, like... Yeah, no,
1: there's definitely uh, a lot of entitlement going on, you know, especially with the younger, younger generations. Um, But, yeah, you know, I think we view the thing, view everything similar, where, you know, you got to work hard to get ahead. You know, you're not just going to get things handed to you, you know, even, you know, there's a lot of people that graduate college with a degree and expect to be put, you know... (laughs) making 100k a month or a year you know to be put at the top but now you should you still got to start from the bottom you know and work your way up and kind of earn yeah you got to earn it
0: you know so yeah yeah i uh i think we align on that you were saying earlier um that you were dealing with kind of like depression and anxiety from a young age and I relate to that a lot like I remember the first time where I had like kind of an alarming experience with my mental health I was like nine years old and uh, it was something that I had said to one of my teachers Um, did you know that you were struggling at that time or is it kind of like more of a reflective like kind of looking back you're like oh I was in a dark place yeah definitely looking back um, so my, my parents divorced when I was eight Um,
1: again, both had alcohol issues. I, I lived with my aunt from eight years old till adulthood. Um, so growing up, it was weird, you know, even though I had cousins, I was living with my aunt and my uncle, it never felt like my home, you know? And I grew up feeling like, like, kind of like I didn't belong, you know? Um, and I just, those feelings, I just felt as those were normal. Like that's how I'm supposed to feel. You know what I mean? Um, so it wasn't until I got older, you know, and, and even with uh, spending time with my wife and her family, kind of seeing true fi- family dynamics and stuff, I kind of realized, yeah, like, that, you know, that wasn't normal. You know, like, like, and even, um, you know, going throughout uh, high school, you know, my, my mom passed away when I was 18. Um, so... Going through all that, having like these thoughts about death and everything, you know, I've thought about like suicide since like my teenage years, you know, never, obviously never tried anything, but again, I thought that was normal. You know, I thought that was a normal thing. Um, it probably wasn't until I heard again, like Andy say the same thing and he, he said that that's not normal, you know, like those aren't normal thoughts to think Mm -hmm. about what would happen if you did this to yourself, you know? Um, and then, um. Yeah, after, you know, getting into, like, drinking and everything, it just, you know, made everything ten times worse. Mm-hmm. Um, during that, like, last uh, month of, like, my rock bottom, I think I went to bed every night thinking about, like, killing myself. You know, even though I had a family, had a house, you know, I had all these good things. Um, and th- that's when I, like, really knew, you know, I had to change something, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that I've str- I I realized that I've struggled with for a long time, um, and just I just thought it was a normal feeling, you know.
0: Yeah, I um, it's it's weird how those things like kind of uh, like I'd say they're it's normal in that a lot of people deal with it, but it's not normal in the sense that we shouldn't. And the weird thing that like kind of motivates me that, to continue to have these podcasts and these conversations is that the more weird thing, the more bizarre thing to me, is how many people have these thoughts, and then walk around like they don't, and like everyone's kind of like wearing a proverbial mask in that like we're all like kind of fucked <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. pretending we're not fucked. Yeah, and part of what keeps us fucked is that we're pretending we're not fucked.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's also a, you know, an issue mainly with men, you know, because it's the ego thing. You mm-hmm. know, you you can't seem weak if you have these thoughts. You know, uh, I I am glad you know all that's kind of changing. You know, especially these last couple of years. Um, but yeah, it was something like I don't ever remember asking for help for anything, um, just because in my head it was, you know, it was a sign of weakness right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be able to know know how to handle your emotions. You're supposed to know how to, you know, handle life, you know? Um, but, and to get, like you said, in reality, almost all of us are are dealing with something, you know? Um, and if we all talked about it more, you know, I feel like there could be so much progress, you know, so much that, that could get done.
0: Yeah. I, I had a weird experience. Like what I was talking about when I was nine years old, I, um, I, weird, I guess maybe like weird the way, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I had a weird conversation with one of my teachers where I basically was saying like, you know, I was really frustrated at the time. I wasn't really understanding like a lot of my schoolwork. I was really like kind of confused. We were talking about the public school system and how fucking weird it is earlier. But uh, it felt very foreign to me that I had to go to this place, sit in this room, sit still, not talk and run around and joke like all the things that young boys wanna do. And I was like, man, I don't get the point to any of this. Like I am fucking, I feel dumb every day. I feel like every natural urge that I have, I shouldn't have. Like I, I wanted to run around and play sports and joke and laugh and be loud and do all these things. And what was expected of me was the exact opposite. Like, it's like, sit down, shut up. And I I remember talking to my teacher about this. I'm like, I fucking hate everything. Like, this fucking sucks. And I don't want to keep doing this. Like, I fucking want to end it all. And I'm like nine years old at the time. And so she's alarmed by this, obviously. And tells, like, my principal. My principal then calls my parents. My parents are, like, sending me to doctors. And I'm like holy fuck I should never have said that like I'm never gonna say anything like that ever again and so like from nine years old I was like I'm never gonna say anything like that again like if anyone asks me I'm good like I'm fucking good like and so from then on it was just like I'm never talking about this shit ever again and um did you ever have like kind of a a moment like that where like you had like almost like a cry for help or and it was, like, handled nah, improperly or... No, nah, nah, not as a kid, but I,
1: I was very, very quiet as a kid. Uh, my aunt would, almost on a daily basis, ask me if I was okay. And I was always, yeah, I'm okay, you know. And she uh, she tried to put me in, like, therapy as a kid. And, you know, I just I always said no. Um, but as I got older, definitely, uh, especially with alcohol, you know, you start to do things where you're kind of you're trying to get help without actually asking for help. You know, um, that I I noticed that a lot, like even just talking to my wife, um, you know, I would kind of like almost fish for, for help without just directly saying, you know, I need help. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, but yeah. (laughs) What did that look like for you? Like what kinds of things? Uh, man, I can't think of anything off
1: the top of my head, but, um, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
0: Word. Okay. Um, yeah, man, it's it's such a bizarre thing that, uh, like you were saying, like, it's not normal to have these thoughts. It's such a bizarre thing that so many people have them, though. And and we just kind of walk around masking or charading that like, um, and it's weird, too, because I feel like every generation has these types of things but just doesn't talk about it or uses different words for it. Because like, if you were to ask, like, I don't know about like you, like your family, but like, I know if I had the chance to ask like my grandpa, my, we have like, my grandpa was really old, man. Like we, uh, he was born in 1913. So like, yeah, he grew up in Europe and uh in denmark and they like dude he has there's like pictures in like our family photo album of like nazis invading like if you were to ask him like yo were you ever depressed he'd be like no like i live in a place now like when he moved to canada it's like i live in a place now where there's no bombs like going off like we have nobody invading us i work a job i live in a home like what do you mean depressed like what the fuck are you talking about but um And then, like, even I've asked my dad because he's he runs his own business, and like, I've asked him a lot of times where it's like, "Yo, did you ever feel like you weren't gonna make it?" He's like, "Yeah, every day." Like, I was scared every day. Like, I had kids to feed, wife to feed, mortgage to pay, and it was like, I was scared every day. I'm like, "Are you ever anxious?" He's like, "No." Like, even though that's the same feeling, yeah, yeah, they don't use the same word. Like, it's like it's such a weird kind of phenomenon. I feel like where. It's such a human experience. It's such a human condition, yet we're conditioned to not speak about it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I do think about you know what,
1: you know my I guess like ancestors or you know like like during the Great Depression and everything like the shit that mm-hmm. they had to deal with. You know, compared to what we have to deal with now. Um, it, it, yeah. It, what's the? There's another term. You know. Tough times create tough men, you know, and then tough men create easy times, easy times create soft men, something like that. Yeah, and yeah you, soft you know? men create hard times. Yeah, you know, um, I think we're, you know, that, that that's happening right now, you know, and um, I think, like, my, like, for example, my dad, I think he, he had it pretty easy, you know, because if his, his grandpa or his dad, you know, basically had to do all the hard shit, you know, um, and, yeah i don't know <laughs> just trying to break uh break that cycle you know
0: yeah hold up i'm gonna i'm gonna go uh pee really quick i've been drinking a lot of coffee but i don't want to end this yet but um we'll be right back folks and we're back i had to fill my coffee up and get get some water get a pee break but um where were we i can't remember what we were just talking about oh um Do you have like any clients or, or, uh, people that you work with that kind of have similar struggles in regards to depression or anxiety or anything like that? Um, yeah, you you know, I, I do have a few, I had one guy, which I felt really happy about.
1: Um, he texted me randomly and I could tell he was going through something, you know, going through a difficult time. Um, so I called him, you know, and, and he was kind of having some, uh, some bad thoughts, you know, um, you know suicidal thoughts uh you know i kind of just talk to him and obviously he's doing great but uh it's it's not like that's where um the, the type of uh clientele that i'm trying to um you know attract uh but like just you know talking to people these things do get brought up occasionally um yeah, and I, I think the more common one is is issues with alcohol. I'm
0: actually surprised how many people have
1: actually come out and said that they do have issues with it. You know,
0: was it was it hard for you to identify when you did? Uh, to to identify that I had an issue with alcohol. Yeah, like I remember the first time I had spoken out loud to somebody where I said I'm a drug addict. Like that was the, when I was said it for the first time. I was like, holy fuck! I never really thought. Because I always had, like, the idea of, like, oh, you know, I don't have a problem. I just really like it. Or I, I could use responsibly. I'm just not right now. Like, I knew I could quit whenever I wanted. Like, I always had those thoughts in my head. And, like, the first time I said, like, to one of my good buddies, I was like, yo, I'm a drug addict. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I, I lied to myself for years.
1: Um, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty much the same thing. Saying that, you know, like, I'm not an alcoholic. You know, I just, sometimes I get carried away you know? Um, and then I think once it turned into like the pretty much daily drinking, um, I was like, okay, like, you know, this is a problem. And I kept trying to quit. I would literally like pray to God every night that I wouldn't drink the next day. And then, you know, certain triggers happen and, and it was just a really bad cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, I would get like a day or two clean and then obviously feel like shit. And the best way to fix that you know is having another drink <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah I, I lied to myself uh for years and i even even then i, I lied about uh being sober you know until like my wife i told her that i wasn't drinking um but i actually i still was um
0: until it, until i
1: hit that rock bottom moment
0: mm mm-hmm. you like you said you um you said you were praying to god every single night like okay i, I pray i'm not uh you know the strength to carry on for one more day i don't know how your prayers go have you always been like a religious or a spiritual person or are um, you is that just an assumption i'm making
1: uh I, I am now um but again growing up especially in in high school you know when my mom was sick um i think after that when she passed i kind of just you know I, I gave up any of that hope um and then i met my wife and she's uh, very spiritual very religious and we actually got baptized together Um, I had never been baptized as a kid because of my childhood. Um, And then, you know, since then, and even then, I was still going through my struggles as I got baptized and I was going to church. Mm -hmm. There's so many times I went to church hungover, you know, like, and again, I would pray and pray. Um, But I guess for whatever reason, the time wasn't right. You know, I still had some other
0: lessons to learn. And do you feel like um having kind of a connection with God or having a spiritual side of yourself has helped you in your journey? Um yeah, I mean it, 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 it's crazy how much my life has changed
1: um and it's like I tell my wife all the time like it's like it's like almost like it's a plan, you know, like a book written, you know, like like it's it's really crazy to think. Um e- i was even telling her about like coming here right like so i we just flew into canada to meet you know a complete stranger you know like and i'm at his house right now hell yeah you know like a, a lot of people think that's just fucking crazy you know but i told her i was like this feels so natural like like it's 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 meant to happen you know like there's no hesitation um like it's just like a part of the plan you know? yeah but um yeah we're, we're very big on that praying uh manifesting you know whether you are religious if you just want to think of it as uh the universe at work you know however you want to call it um there's definitely you know a a higher power working
0: yeah it's crazy too man because uh there's always kind of a subconscious thought in the back of my head like you know am i doing the right things am i going down the right path and um with the like obviously like the risen fall and like a lot of the stuff that i do like our main logo is an owl right yeah yeah, i noticed and and, uh last night i'm going on a run i'm just running down this street right here and a fucking owl flies literally right past me and lands in the tree beside me and i'm like stopping and i like stop and take a picture and take a video of it i'm like Yo, this is a fucking sign. I <laughs> no, felt yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, <laughs> sorry. Like, I, I saw I saw your post about the owls, and then I was like, you know, I, I, I remember the logo, and I was like, oh, that's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude. It fired me right up. Like, I was like, yo, this is a fucking sign. Like, that's the way I felt. Like, I was like, yo, this is a sign to just keep pushing down this path. Like, there's a, obviously... Like, you could look at it as, like, a coincidence or, like, hey, there's a farm right behind us. There's a lot of fucking owls. There's a lot of fucking mice for them to eat and rats for them to eat. And uh, I, for me, it was just, like, yo, for a, for an owl to fly right past me as I'm running, like, literally, I'm running down the street, and he just flew right past me. I'm, like, yo, that it feels like a sign from God for me. Like, it was, like, yo, just keep going down the path you're going. Like, this is all going to work out for you, like, it, no matter what comes your way. Like, you'll have the struggle. You'll have the uh, strength to keep going. Like, that's uh, that's even why, like, I've always been kind of, like, low-key obsessed with owls. But that's the reason that the uh, logo was an owl is because, for me, it's always symbolized, like, being able to navigate and dominate, like, the darkest hours of life. Like, that's, like, what is always symbolized for me. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to ask you about 75 hard and about how that kind of changed life for you or like kind of what your journey was like. Um, what what brought you to even think about doing 75 hard? Uh, so I, I had tried probably about three or four times before that. Um, I think the
1: furthest I got was like almost 30 days. Um, but, you know, after I decided to get sober, um, I think I waited about a week, you know, for, again, the withdrawals to go. And then I was like, I, man, I got to get back in shape, you know, like I, I was still working out when I was drinking and everything, but I was I was not even near where I used to be, you know. And I was like, OK, like 75 hard. I know how much this has uh, changed other people's lives, you know, and I, I know what I need is discipline again. Like this is what I need to do, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I fully committed into it. Like same thing, like with the sobriety, there was no leaving that door open. You know, I had fully shut it. I had fully made the decision. Um, and meant, I think I owe my life to it almost, you know? Like, I having that structure and um, even just seeing how my body changed, you know, like, like over the 75 days, uh, reading the books, everything. Um, I think that's what I needed at that time in my life was that structure and, and like a, a daily list of things to do,
0: you know, to keep myself busy. Mm-hmm. what was the biggest struggle for you while you're doing 75 hard uh probably getting in the reading
1: and the second workout only because of the kids like I had to I had to make sure <laughs> I had to make sure I read like early in the morning before the kids got up yeah you
0: know? yeah I'm a morning reader too man everyone yeah. says that they read at night they're like oh it's how I relax I'm like man if I read at night I fucking fall asleep yeah no
1: I, I can't as soon as I sit down or as soon as like the the boys are in
0: bed, you know, I'm
1: my mind's off. You know, I can't I can't learn anything.
0: How did you get your second workout in? How would you How would you? Because a lot of people, that's like their 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 main excuse. They're like, oh, I have no time. I'm a parent. Uh, most of the days, I would grab a jump rope, just go
1: outside. You know, um, jump rope and push-ups for 45 minutes. Um, the first workout was always easy. Like I said, I have like a, a gym in my house, so you know that was that was very consistent, very easy. Um, but the other days I would either just go for a long walk, uh, with the kids, you know, in the stroller, or I'd let them play while I jump rope. Fuck. Yeah.
0: That's wicked, man. And for yourself, like, was it, would you say like your sobriety is like one of the main takeaways that you have from that experience or like, how else has it changed your life? Oh yeah. Sobriety. And again, the discipline, you know, the mental toughness, um,
1: it really shows you what you can get accomplished. You know, when you set your mind to it, you know, when you make something a priority, Um, I honestly, like, to be honest, I feel like I was the happiest in my life when I was doing it. Yeah. Just going out like, I was so fulfilled, like, like every day knowing that I got this done, I was looking forward to the next morning so I can knock out, you know, the tasks every day. Um, it was probably, yeah, like one of the highs, the highlights, you know, um, not that I'm not happy right now, you know, But, but like, I just felt, I felt unstoppable, you know, doing it. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's
0: proven to me that I, like, I can, I can literally do anything, you know? Yeah. There's, um, I just, I just finished another round of it. I find that I've, I do 75 hard pretty much once a year now, uh, just to kind of keep my mind sharp. Anytime I find myself slipping, I, uh, I start another round cause I'm like, fuck, I need to redo this. Um, and like last year, excuse me, uh, last year I was, uh, training and I was in the gym and I just finished a jujitsu class, and I step on the scale, and I'm usually around like 200 pounds, but I step on the scale, and I'm at like 220, 225, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm fat again." Like, I've always, <laughs> I, I was always like a naturally like a, a heavier kid, and uh, so like I feel like, uh, you know, there's two types of like, I, I there's obviously more, but there's always like the naturally skinny guys that have to work to get jacked. And then there's the naturally chunky guys that have to work to slim down. Like I've always been on that end of the spectrum. And so like for me, I, I caught myself slipping. I'm like, man, I'm 220, 225 right now. I remember I called Teddy on the way home from the gym. I'm like, I got fat again, <laughs> just <laughs> fuck. Just all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> like it happened in one day. I'm like, I've been fucking slipping. And um, that was when I decided, like it was like October last year. I'm like, I need to do another round and so i finished up probably mid-december and this time around i was noticing how much stress and anxiety was alleviated the more i do in my day like um a lot of the times like it was fucking cold and rainy and my first workout of the day was always a run like it was like a 45 minute run just around like the neighborhood here and um you know, I'd finish up my run, I'd do my reading, I'd shower up, I'd get ready for my day at work in construction, I'd fucking go and work like 8 to 10 hours, I'd come home, I'd be lifting weights here or going to a jiu-jitsu class. I actually hadn't found a new jiu-jitsu gym yet at the time, and we just moved here, so I was just lifting weights every day, and uh, there was all this shit that I was doing every day where, you know, I didn't want to do those things. Like, I was like, fuck, man, I don't want to go run outside in the cold and rain, get soaking wet. You know, and then and then have to work in construction and then have to lift weights. Like there was all of these things I was doing that I didn't want to do where like even when the most, you know, simplest things that would piss me off or annoy me in my regular life, when they would come up, I'd be like, All right, let's do it. Let's bang it out. Like it was just like always like I felt like my stress and my anxiety levels. were the lowest the more i was doing have you found similar things uh yeah man it's 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 crazy
1: what you think about like what your potential could be if you made yourself do the shit that you didn't want to do you know like we all have stuff that we don't like to do mm-hmm. but if you made yourself do it in anyways, like you know your, your career your relationship everything you know is going to improve you know but um my wife just uh mentioned the other day like i used to have a huge
0: like fear of making phone calls like i had like a phobia of
1: it ever since i was a kid
0: i feel like that's normal i feel like a lot of people in our generation are like that yeah like ever since i was a kid
1: like it it gave me so much anxiety to have to make a phone call um you know she she brought it up the other day that like now there's like zero hesitation you know like a phone call needs to be made like or an appointment needs to be made like i'm you know i'm handling it where she used to
0: have to be the one you know that that would do those things so like honey can you call (laughs) though yeah yeah that's awesome man have you um have you seen any other like weird changes or like little changes that you didn't expect in your in your uh maybe your personality or or any anything in your life like that
1: uh yeah so i think i had less patience for people uh (laughs) with excuses like anytime i'd hear any type of excuse it would just piss me off Mm -hmm. um i feel like that's the one that surprised me the most i, I think <laughs> you have less it, patience now or more patience No, less well when it comes to like people with excuses yeah yeah you
0: know like it's just because you know they're bullshit i was know? gonna say i'm the same way because if you said you had more patience i'm like really no no, no <laughs> like even like uh
1: i'm sure i pissed off my wife a couple times when you know she would like say something or, or have an excuse why she couldn't work out and i'm like you know, if it's a priority, you're gonna make it happen. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean,
0: <laughs> dude, I'm the exact same. I like. Um, that's one of the funny things. Anytime someone comes to me with an issue now, which is funny because obviously uh, a lot of people come to me and they they either DM me or they talk to me in person about like things that they're going through in life. And after doing 75 hard a few times, it's like a lot of the times I look at, I'm like, so you're telling me you know the solution and you're not doing it? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what the fuck? <laughs> But, uh, it's so funny to think back to my past self. And I realize now that a lot of it is like frustration with my past self that I project on them where it's like, you know, I used to be that guy. Like I literally just wrote about it in my journal last night, where it's like, I've been putting things off my whole life. Like yeah. this is like so, so much of my frustration and anger that I have in other people is just shit that I've done. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> throughout, like, yeah. my addictions or throughout, like, my whole life of, like, like I said, dude, I'm naturally, like, the fat guy. Like, I was, like, I was the guy that couldn't put down a fucking bag of chips or, yeah. like, that couldn't fucking not eat out at restaurants. And, like, any time I ate out at restaurants, I'd be like, oh, we're going out. We're going to, like, <laughs> we're going to eat. So I have to eat a lot.
1: Yeah, like, no, I mean, I, I grew up a, a heavy kid also. I think, I, I think in, like, seventh grade, I was, like, 180. Holy know? shit. Yeah, I was a heavy kid. Uh, and then, you know, high school game and puberty in sports. But, um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to eating, man, like, I, I was taught to finish your plate. Like, no matter what, like, yeah, I'd be yeah. stuffed and I'd still be forced myself to finish, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a rule at my parents' place where it was like, if you don't finish what's on your plate, you don't get to get up from the table. <laughs> so you sit there all night. You don't fucking finish your food. Like, that was literally, that was literally what we were told. Like, it was like, you don't finish your dinner, you don't get to get up yeah yeah same yeah same here (laughs) so funny man do you have like uh any clients that you recommend you're like yo you gotta do 75 hard man
1: yeah man um one of my clients just finished it yeah um and he did amazing results and the thing is he uh he's struggling with alcohol also and, and for him to to go that long without it with even that itself was a was an accomplishment but um he dropped like over 20 pounds um like I don't know, like twelve percent body fat throughout the whole thing. So oh, and, and he did it like with uh like some of the hard hardest like circumstances, you know, like he'd be working all day and wouldn't be able to get his second workout done until like ten PM,
0: you know. But he you know, made
1: sure that he did it. You yeah, know? yeah.
0: Well fuck, I had days like that, man. Yeah. When I was moving, um there was like a two week period where I lived at my old apartment for like two years. And so I had to get it in like tip-top shape so I could get my damage deposit back. And before I moved in here, I had to redo all the walls. And I I painted all the walls. I got this place all set up. I had to redo some of the tiles around this place. And um, so there was days where I'd wake up at like 4 a.m., do my run, work in construction until like 5 o'clock at night, get home, clean my apartment, do a workout, come here paint the walls, fix the walls, do everything there. Wouldn't get home to like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And then I'm like, I have to fucking finish my reading or I have to slam a bunch of water now or like there's yeah. always <laughs> something else. And it was like, man, I'm sleeping like four hours a night. Like it was like, I feel like, um, yeah, life's fucked. Life's hectic. Yeah. And like there's a million fucking excuses. Like everyone, whether like, I mean, like obviously everyone's going to say their situation's worse. Like right. everyone's going to feel that way. But yeah. it's like ev- like everyone's got their own version of an excuse. Because if you don't have kids, then you're diving you're like 100% into your career. If you don't have a career, then you're diving 100% into some other fucking problem that you have. Yeah, it's always
1: something. And and that's one thing I told myself was that, you know, like, for example, Andy, you know, dude runs I don't know how many companies, you know, <laughs> and then like he, he, he gets it done. You know, if there's anyone that's too busy, it would be him. Um, and then there, I've read stories uh, about single mom with like three kids finishing 75 hard you know like literally any excuse that you have someone's
0: done it yeah man it's it's so crazy and do you think that um do you think that doing 75 hard brought you and your girl closer together like do you feel like a better husband Do you feel like a better man do you yeah
1: um i have way more confidence um which you know obviously helps and again, every aspect of life, you know, but yeah, definitely a relationship. Um, and, and the big part of that is being sober, you know, um, I don't even think we've really had any arguments since I've been sober, wow. you know, uh, when it used to be almost like a daily thing. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, like ever since that change, ever since doing 75 hard, you know, like I said, every single aspect, you know, of my life has, has improved.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you think that um, kind of dealing with, like, depression and anxiety growing up, do you feel like that makes you a better fit to help people with uh, with their journeys? Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's to be able to relate to people and, and understand.
1: Um, you know, I've been through a lot, you know, in my life. Um, not only that, like, I, I forgot to mention, you know, my, my family was homeless for a little while, you know, when I was a kid, when my parents were going through their shit. Like I've been through like all kinds, like obviously I've had loss, you know, losing my mom and, you know, other family members, um, you know, not, not having, uh, enough money to eat type of thing. Like I've been through so much that I can relate to almost everything. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. What, what do you think? Because you said, you said, you know, you had kind of like times where you were suicide or you had suicidal thoughts, um, you know, you had times where you were homeless. You had times uh dealing with loss of family members. What do you think kept pushing you to continue going? Um uh, that's that's a hard one. Um
1: I like I want to say, like I didn't have the balls to pull it off, you know, like <laughs> which is a good thing, been you know. There, been, been there. Like man. like like, uh, like I think at my worst I got to the point where I was wasted and I held, um, an empty gun up to my head, you know? Um, you know, and of course I'm pulling the trigger and everything, but it's empty, you know, like that was probably as close as I had got. Um, but yeah, I think deep down I knew I didn't want to do that, you know, like, like, obviously like I, I knew, you know, I loved my family. I wanted to see my kids grow up. Actually, I think that was probably the main thing was, uh, as I was, as I would kind of lay in bed and like fantasize about, you know, about doing it was a thought that I wouldn't be able to see my kids grow up. I, I think that's
0: now that I think about it, it was like the main thing. Did you, did you have a drive to continue to keep going before you had kids though? Uh,
1: before I had my kids, it wasn't as bad. So like I, you know, I, I would have these small thoughts, you know, on how, you know, how it would be, how I would do it, who would miss me, like those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got really, really bad, you know, once my kids were already here. And the funny thing is, you know, I always said that, you know, once I have kids, I'll stop drinking, you know, and it was never enough because I had to do it for me, you know, not, not for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it happened, just not in time. Yeah. Not in the same time you planned. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it got, it got
1: really bad where I was really, really thinking about it, like I said, on a daily basis um, once I already had the kids.
0: Mm. how how much did you change when you had kids um not enough <laughs> <laughs> such not, an honest answer yeah up. no
1: i mean not not until like this past year Th- this past year was a, a transformative year for me you know um i was still too selfish you know when i had my first kid and then again i kept telling myself once when my when my wife was pregnant with my second son you know, once he's there, once he comes, you know, I'm going to get my shit together, you know. And then and then it would be, like, New Year's, right? Like, once New Year's comes, you know, I'll get my shit together. And it wasn't until, you know, that that moment
0: or um, when the time came. But,
1: yeah, not enough, but until now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And how, how much more do you feel like you're a better role model for your kids now? Because you got two sons, right? Yeah. Uh, now, man, like,
1: I, I'm... I'm excited, you know, like I'm excited to be the the man that I'm supposed to be for them, you know, like, I'm, again, I have so much confidence in, in myself um, that, yeah, like, again, I think it's all a part of the journey, you know, I had to go through these things to, you know, to learn and, you
0: know, to teach them, you know, as I get older. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so I, I had a conversation last week. Um, or a couple of weeks ago on the podcast talking about how um, you know, a lot of us we have role models that will tell us what to do and uh, they'll, you know, always have some sort of character defects we all do, like every human does um, but I just feel like some of the best way, I, I feel like the best way to be a role model and to be like a good father like I don't have kids yet but um is to, is to live the way that you want someone to live. And, um, do you think that a lot of people do that in today's day and age? Do you think that there's a lot of good role models out there? Do you think that kind of, we're losing that or we're gaining that or what's your kind of look on that? I would, uh,
1: I would say we're starting to gain that. And I think a lot of it's through social media, but that could just be because that's, those are the people that I follow, you know? Like I I know I didn't have a role model growing up. Um, And I think before social media, you know, a lot of people didn't have anywhere to go to learn, you know, how to be a man and how to, uh, you know, how to to live life the way it's supposed to be lived, you know? Um, And unless you were playing sports, you know, like you weren't really around that. Like obviously coaches play a, a huge role in, you know, teaching the youth. Um so I would say now it's you know it's I think it's getting better and hopefully through social media I know there's a lot of bad shit with social media.
0: Yeah yeah. But um there's also a lot of good stuff, you know. What would you say cuz I I had this conversation actually at 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 the gym. Um it, it was funny cuz I was talking to uh, one of the black belts in my gym and he was like he just figured out that I had a podcast and he's like, "Oh, what's your podcast about?" And I start telling him about it. And then I'm like, yeah, actually, there's someone like flying out from California, like to to come and chat on the podcast as well. And he's like, oh, how do you guys know? like, do you guys know each other? I'm like, no, we connected through social media. And we start talking about like social media and the internet and how like there's people that literally will have never lived without social media. And uh, I was, he's like, yeah, the internet can be such a cool place. I'm like, yeah, it can be. yeah, yeah. It's not always, but it can be for sure. Um, what do you think is like your, uh, favorite and least favorite thing about social media? Um, at least
1: favorite has to be
0: like, uh, like
1: the trolls, definitely. Um, and then all the, uh, like the, uh, TikTok challenges that get people sick or killed, you know, like little stupid shit like that. Um, the best thing is, you know, is networking, obviously, you know, meeting people. Um, I've learned, I don't even know how much just about fitness. Um, again, personal development, all of that came from social media, you know? So I I don't know if I would have been able to pick up all this, you know, if, if that wasn't around, I think we, we came in to social media and the internet at the right time
0: to where it's not our whole life. You know, we have a little bit of both. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. I always, um. Yeah, social media is such a weird fucking place. I could go on for hours about how much I love slash hate it because uh, there's so many aspects that I uh, I love about it, but a lot of the things I'm like, I fucking hate this. Like, yeah. Man, TikTok should be banned. <laughs> TikTok should be banned, man. I, um, I hate that a lot of... Um, like what happens on, like especially like a lot of the people like i obviously follow a lot of like mental health and self-development stuff like fitness stuff but i feel like on the mental health side of social media is like this um you know it's like almost like um a side of mental health that i really think keeps people in that struggle in terms of like Oh, you know, uh, it's okay if you need to do like your self care, like stay in, yeah. have a bottle of wine, watch Netflix. Like, you don't need to make yeah, yourself no, better. You're the already victim, perfect. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's like, man, like 90% of these social influencers around mental health are like completely back ass words. Is that how you say it? I don't know how you <laughs> say it. But, <laughs> yeah, I get you. But it's just like so fucking backwards, man. And, um, yeah, it's just so frustrating, man, because I feel like it's literally the exact opposite of what people need to be told. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, then,
1: yeah, that's a whole victim mentality, right? Like, like you know, it's okay. You know, you have the right to, to feel that way. You know, it's like, okay, well, you what you really need is someone to call you out on your bullshit, you know, and help you get your life together, you know? Um, I think I was blessed that my wife is that way. She's <laughs> she. she call me you know she doesn't sugarcoat things you know and again i I don't think i would be where i'm at right now like i know i wouldn't you know without without her and her tough love you know
0: (laughs) did you have a moment where you're like man she just doesn't get how hard it is like does she understand
1: who i am no definitely there's definitely a lot of times where i felt like i I needed uh
0: like that comfort you know but again in reality i needed the truth Mm -hmm. you know yeah i felt like that before that's something that i write down in my journal all the time is like when i'm feeling like i need comfort it's because i've had too much yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what i write about all the time man. i uh that's where i get a lot of my reflection done like I, I either literally just sit and talk to my phone and listen back to it or i'm just like writing in conversation to myself like it's like uh now that i say that out loud it sounds crazy but that's <laughs> like, literally no, I, got,
1: I, I gotta work on the journaling that's something that uh that was recommended to me actually when i was a kid again because i was so quiet right like and they thought i needed therapy so i remember someone gifted me a journal and i just did not know what to write you know it, it's weird it's kind of like meditating where you kind of like have to like let your thoughts flow without pushing them anywhere you know yeah um, so that's something i, I definitely want to do uh and yeah i can make that a habit of
0: have you read uh meditations marcus aurelius no that's on my
1: uh that
0: that's another reason
1: you know like uh, um it's on my list but uh the knowledge that has been passed down from him from doing that is is crazy yeah
0: because it's literally his journal yeah that's yeah like, that's what i'm
1: saying like 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 you there's so much to learn from it and all he did was journal you know he i don't think he had any intention of of it getting out no, you know, no. he was just journaling
0: yeah yeah literally there's um one of the people I follow on social media is, uh, Ryan Holiday, Daily Yeah, Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, I love that guy. And, uh, dude, he talks about it all the time. He was like, even one of his episodes, he's like, if Marcus Aurelius knew we were reading this, he'd be mortified because <laughs> yeah. it's literally his journal. Yeah. And, um, I never liked, uh, the idea of journaling. I thought it was like, kind of like fucking lame. I was like, fuck, I'm not going to keep a diary. Like that's fucking. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Nah, same here. Same here, you know? Um, and that always kept me from, from trying it, you know? But, uh. Now, now I, I, I've been trying. I have, like, an app on my phone, but I want to start actually, you know, physically writing it.
0: Yeah. I have an app on my computer that I started doing it, it um, and it's on my phone, too. But I just, I fucking hate typing things. Like, I'm definitely a pen and paper person. Like, uh, even when I worked in sales, like, I had a fat log book of, like, every customer and their phone number and, like, what we talked about. And, like, that's just how I fucking, I'm a weird guy that way. But, um yeah. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius uh, Meditations was like one of the game changes that made me journal more because I was like, man, it was like the first representation of like, oh, this is a war general and yeah, he yeah. journals. Like, this is like an alpha male. Like, yeah. he hunts, he's, he's going to war, he leads an army, he's a fucking emperor of Rome and he's journaling. Like, that is, it seems like it was the first representation of like, oh, this is a badass thing to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Stoics were badass just in general. A lot of people just think of them as just philosophers, like sitting and writing all the time. But uh,
0: <laughs> no, they're very into,
1: like, you know, exercise and, and pushing the body and, yeah. and, and you
0: know, self development. Hell yeah, man. Um, you were saying you want to start your own podcast i really think you should man you got like kind of like a smooth radio voice dude. it's like soothing to listen to dude i've to. always like hated my voice no <laughs> dude it's it's soothing to listen to i i, I feel like everyone feels the same way because i hate my own voice too like i feel like there's like this self-conscious voice inside your head i sound dumb when i say that or my voice sounds weird yeah. like i i always hate that too man but you got that smooth radio voice man you should <laughs> you should definitely fucking do it um I think we. Sh- this is a beautiful place to kind of wrap things up because uh, I'm getting fucking hungry. I think we should go grab a bite to eat. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you have anything that you kind of wanted to share with uh, with everybody listening to this, or did you have any topics that we wanted to discuss before we wrap this up? Put a little bow on. No, nah, I mean,
1: like I said, the main things were, you know, covering the mental health. You know, seventy-five hard discipline. But um, yeah, I mean, if you are going through shit, you know, there's other people. Going through I'm sure going through the exact same thing, you know, that can help. Um, especially for men. I know men need to talk about that more often. Um, you know, it doesn't make you weak, it actually makes you stronger. So
0: Yeah, why why do you think um why do you think it is that kind of like men have that that uh built in feeling of like I shouldn't be talking about this? Uh, you know, I don't know if that's just passed down, you know, from
1: generations or you know like the media influences a lot of shit you know in society um yeah i mean if you look at like if you were to watch tv or watch movies or anything of of, like the men they're not you know talking about their feelings right they're they're doing like some badass shit (laughs) you know like all the time uh but that's not reality you know so i think it could be a mix of both
0: yeah you ever watch fresh prince growing up oh yeah Oh dude. I was it's re my childhood. <laughs> I was rewatching it recently and uh, I think the my favorite moment, the most iconic moment, is that that time where uh uh he's talking to Uncle Phil and he's like, Man, I can do all this shit without my dad. Like yeah. I don't need him to do this, I don't need him to do that and then there's that moment where he looks at his uncle and he goes, And like, why doesn't he want me? Yeah, no, and he I, just I, breaks I, down and <laughs> cries in his arms.
1: I remember that scene, like like vividly, you yeah. know. Um yeah, and the crazy thing is, uh, I think Will Smith said that he those those are like real emotions, you know, because I don't think he had a, his father around. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I remember that scene, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it was it's so iconic. It sticks in my brain as well because I was like one of the only things I can recall of like a cool, funny, like kind of like badass dude, and then he has that moment of like breakdown of like actually talking like he's like flexing like i don't need him i don't need him i don't need him and then he's like but why doesn't he want me and he just breaks and i was like man why don't we have those moments more often yeah it was just like such a fucking like uh i thought back to it because someone clipped it on instagram and i saw it the other day and i was like fuck man there's such a good moment like tv never has that shit now
1: yeah not anymore not at all not not so much back then, and definitely not now. Yeah, now now everyone's just obsessed with reality,
0: you know, reality TV. Oh fuck, man, I fucking hate it. I I can't fucking. I don't watch anything. Like my girl gets really mad at me all the time because I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch it. I don't want to fucking watch it anymore. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired of it. Even sports nowadays is like fucking reality TV. I just can't do it, man. Um, but yeah, dude, let's uh let's wrap this up. Give a give a nice little um uh, plug. Give a little plug for uh, everything that people got to know about you, uh, your Instagram, anything like that, and then uh, share a little positive message and we'll wrap this up. Uh, oh, yeah. So my
1: Instagram is at Authier Fitness, and it's A-U-T-H-I-E-R underscore fitness. Um, And positive message.
0: Yeah, give us something, give us something to motivate us, something that people can re- remember when they're on a run or some shit. All right, so
1: one of my favorite quotes is, Life is 10% what happens
0: to you and 90% how you react to it. I love that, man. I love that. That's like, um, yeah, you don't control the world, you control how you react to it. Yeah, and that's a big uh, stoic, stoicism message. So, hell yeah. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. Hope your week's going well. If it's not, reflect on why that is and fucking fix it. We love you all. Much love from uh, California and Vancouver. Have a good one. Peace out. Bye.